you have found the portal into the laughing stoic Buddha universe. LSB Podcast with Nick Bebo. You could leave life right now. Let that determine what you do and say and think. To acquire and arrive at is based on having never left. Yeah. <laughs> Just chilled out because... <laughs> Soak in this moment. Dee Trussell, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's so good to see you, man. Thank you for having um, me. Yeah, thank you so much for making the time. Um, can we start with some ohms? Sure. Okay. You want to ohm? What's ohm, man? I mean, it doesn't translate through Zoom all that well, but right. I, I never have started a podcast with an ohm, but I think this would be a, I mean, if, if I'm going to do it with anybody, it would be with you. So. <laughs> One more. Uh, I love it, man. Um, have you ever heard of the idea of Dio Logos? And well, I'm not going to, I don't think I have. Okay. I'm, that? I'm not going to do it justice, but I, I, my interpretation of it is Dialogos is wisdom through dialogue. I think it comes from ancient Greek philosophy. Okay. And um, I believe that Dialogos is one of the coolest. Um, Excuse me for one second. Of course. Survey. Can you believe that? Speaking of Dia's <laughs> logo, this is the fucking Demiurge. It's trying. It, it, it's it's trying to break it up. The next podcast. Go ahead. It's going. No, no, no! Don't, don't, don't no! break deal. <laughs> don't break deal logos in here. Uh, my understanding of it is uh, wisdom through dialogue, and it's the idea that we can come to a great uh, wisdom internally, right? Sitting, meditating, praying, and you know, I can over here. Duncan can over there. But there's a different kind of wisdom that comes through dialogue, through connection, through mm -hmm. conversation. Cool. Yeah. And, and Dialogos is the spirit of the, the X factor, right? So it, the sum is better, is bigger and greater than the sum, yeah. the sum of its parts, right? Yes. So, so I, I would like to start, if, if you're willing, with a little prayer, a little intention, uh, a little spell to cast. Okay. To invite the spirit of Dialogos into this conversation um, to, to spread its wisdom out there to the world. Okay. Okay. So um, I didn't plan anything. I'm going to improv this, but spirit of Dialogos, can you please join this conversation and allow for our individual small uh, egoic identities to move aside for a moment and for us to be conduits for your spirit and wisdom to come through, to express love, to express freedom and acceptance and wisdom, and for it to spread out and infect uh, everyone that happens to stumble upon. Infect? 
<laughs> I mean, summoning the coronavirus. What's what's going on over there, Nick? In fact, there's got to be a better word. Um, um, oh, okay, better Can word. you be as virulent as any you? <laughs> you know what? It's going to be really annoying as we found out that Dios Logos was trying to call. It probably was. <laughs> if you would have answered, maybe it would have given you the secret of the universe. <sighs> See, <laughs> next time, <laughs> next time. Um, so yeah, so uh, I, I like to say that the podcast sort of has a uh, intelligence of its own. Yes. And uh, I don't know if I've introduced myself. My name's Nick, Nick Bebo. I like to take Nick and put him in the corner for the podcast, his okay. little ideas of what it should be. And I like to let the spirit of the podcast come okay. through and and, you know, bring what it wants to bring and what it wants to share. So you down with that? Amen. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Let's do it. Um, okay, man. I, I, I'm going to do, I don't want to do a lot of the talking. I want you to do a lot of the talking, but I do have to say to set the stage here. Um, I have been listening to you for nine years. Thank um, you. Yes. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, it has been a, a beacon of light a beacon of hope, like I uh, briefly mentioned before we started recording, in my darkest times, in my dark night of the soul, when it seemed like there was, there was no friends out there for me, there was no hope, I could always put you on. Um, another guy that has been uh, uh, through podcasts that has helped me through this is um, Pete Holmes. I know your buddies with him. Sure. Uh, I love your guys' conversations. Thanks. And and you you two have I mean I've listened to plenty of people and and people come in and out, but you two for really the last nine years have been just my go-tos. And when I first started listening, I didn't really have any friends. I I had a, I had people I knew. I grew up with some friends, but I remember hearing you talk with people and going, "Oh, that is what a friendship is." Mm. That's two people that can bear their souls in a way that can uh, not worry about judgment. I mean, there's, there's teasing, there's fun, but th there's a certain level of opening up your heart and opening up to who you are. And then again, bringing back the spirit of Dialogos, you can sit here and think, well, I'm this and I'm that. You can journal it out, but you don't really know yourself until you talk to somebody that can really see you. And you showed an example to me of showing yourself to somebody and discovering kind of who you are, who your little, little unique expression is in this incarnation with somebody else. And I, I can say, luckily enough, I had sort of a shift about five years ago, and I started finding my own, my own Pete Holmeses and my own Joe Rogans and my own, you know, uh, Daniele Bellelli's and and that yeah. that you know, that I hear you connecting with. And uh, this is just a cool monumental day for me that I'm finally connecting with one of those guys that set that example for me. Wow. Thank you. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. Right on, man. So this is just, this is, this is like, uh, um, I don't know. Uh, what, what's the name of that organization? Make a wish foundation. You know, somebody <laughs> is on there. Let's hope not. You seem <laughs> young, healthy. Well, yes, but that is something we're going to talk about because uh, the the night that I saw you um, in San Francisco, your last show, uh, I faced um, my mortality in a way that night 
that uh, it could have all been over. And I couldn't have had this opportunity today to actually connect with oh you. God, what happened? <laughs> again. I, I mentioned it briefly in the email. I don't know if you remember. No, but, I do. Um, okay, cool. So I'll tell the story. I told it once on a podcast, but I got to tell it to you because it's integrally tied into this um, coming, coming into fruition. So I went and saw you in San Francisco. It was the first time I've seen you live. Uh, your show is amazing, man. Thank you're, you. You're live. I mean, I, I've connected with you through the podcast, obviously through Midnight Gospel, which is one of my, and I've, I'm not saying this because you're here. I've said this on the podcast to other people. One of my favorite pieces of art in the history of the world. Thank you so much. Jesus. Wow. Thanks. Well, there was a lot of people involved in it. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And, and well, thank you. It's a small part of it compared to the geniuses in that world of animation. Jesse Moynihan, Pendleton Ward. My God, these are the true wizards. These are like actual living wizards. And I got to hang out with them for a little bit. Yeah, man. And we live in a time where all that can come together and express in this incredible moving piece of art. Every, I, I used to say that like you could pause any second of that show and it's a beautiful work of art, you know, and the fact that it was, you know, 20 minutes of that, just beautiful art, uh, amazing, amazing wisdom, you know, by yours truly and, and everybody else that joined onto the, the podcast, you know, or on, onto the episodes and all that. Um, so first time I got to see you live, do your thing, your stand-up comedy. I laughed to tears. I got a, I got an ab workout. It was freaking amazing to Great. see that. Yes. <laughs> and I don't know if you remember, um, uh, I was standing in line with my very good buddy, Lonzo Nunez. Did a podcast with him last night. Uh, he's kind of the co-producer of this. Uh, I did my very first podcast with him five years ago. Wow. When, yeah. When um, I... I had this dream of of doing this, of, of podcasting, because I heard you guys doing it. And I go, oh, this is like what I've been looking for my whole life. This, I didn't know this was an art form. And I really do believe podcasting is an art form. Um, and it's, you know, something about that, that X factor that emerges when two people connect and, and have yeah. a really good conversation. And like every art form, there's a lot of bad art out there, you know, but there's, there's the opportunity for some really magical art and a really good podcast conversation. So I started podcasting with him five years ago. This is, I believe, my 40th episode here today. Wow, congratulations. Thank you, man. I've, I've had a few year breaks. It's, it's been a lot of chances to give up on this, and I've just, in my soul, it won't let me let go of it. I keep coming back to it. Um, and today is a really good testament to, to not giving up on it. Um, so... I go with my good buddy, we go to see you, and we were standing in line, uh, Cobb's Comedy in San Francisco. Before the show, somebody was yelling up at one of the windows, and I heard your voice. <laughs> I heard that distinct Duncan Trussell, hey man, voice, and uh, you know, we finished the show. We had a few, few beers, you know, two drink minimum, so we were two drinks in, and we go to leave afterwards, just pumped up, just, man, we just see Duncan Trussell live, it was amazing. You did your uh, demonic um, uh, Will Hobo. That's <laughs> <was like> amazing. <laughs> Crying in tears and laughing. And we're going outside and we're going to get a burger. My buddy looks at me and he goes, dude, I'm going to get you to talk to Duncan Trussell. And I go, okay, like, sure. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, uh, this is one week after my 33rd birthday. Um, 
he said, for your birthday present, man, I'm going to get you to talk to Duncan Trussell. And I'm kind of like, okay, sure. Okay, good luck. And he goes over because he's seen you talk, uh, you talking to somebody out that window. So I'm, I'm five foot seven and a half and I'm white. I can't jump. So there's no chance I'm going to reach that window. <laughs> My yeah. buddy is <laughs> six foot. He's pretty athletic. So he runs over there. He jumps up and taps the window. And we kind of sit and wait. And I, I go, remember. <laughs> right on. Cool. And I go, I go, come on, man. Let's go get a burger. I appreciate it. It's a nice thought. And he goes, no. He jumps. I think he hit it two, about two more times. And the window opens up. And there you are. Duncan Trestle, <laughs> my hero. <laughs> I don't remember exactly what I said, but I was like, oh, shit. There's, this is my chance. And I said uh, something along the lines of, Duncan, um, I love you. You've, you helped to save my soul. And I said, uh, it's on my vision board to podcast with you. <laughs> Just And I had no choice. <laughs> the laws demand that if you are on someone's vision board and they want you to, you have to do it. No. I, I, no. Uh, the a, lot of, a lot of people out there are probably going to be throwing you on their vision board now. <laughs> I got to say, I have a long, complicated relationship with vision boards and uh, really? I think we the, law, right the, law, the law of attraction. Law of attraction. I want to unattract this fucking fly. Get here! <laughs> ah, he's been bothering me for years. No! I see him land right on your third eye, actually. I think he's trying he's to get here from North Carolina with us. Yeah. He's actually my pet fly. It's just very annoying sometimes. I haven't fed him. He followed you, huh? All the way from. Well, I mean, we transported him. Nice, nice. I see he, he did land right on your third eye. I think he's trying to soak in some of that good stuff. No, that's not it at all. I um you know, I don't know if you've ever eaten ice cream like a toddler, but I highly recommend it. You just shove your face shove your face into the bowl. So you fully feel the uh the ice cream all over mm. your face. And so yeah, there. Just relax on the light. Calm down. He wants to get in the talk, man. Watch this. I've trained him. Why? Isn't that cool? <laughs> that is cool. Wow. Isn't that amazing. Yeah. Can you can you do any other tricks? Yeah, you can roll over. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> um, this makes me Bruce Lee's big in my life. Apparently, Bruce Lee used to be able to catch flies with chopsticks and 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 they'd live and let go. So maybe another yeah. trick to consider. Yeah amazing maybe practice on flies that aren't your pets first because you may smash a few would you get new chopsticks if you were able to do that like wouldn't wouldn't you like find yourself in an interesting predicament let's say you're at a restaurant and there's a fly and you have chopsticks you're on a date mm -hmm. you want to impress and you know you can snatch that fly with the chopsticks but you're gonna have to get a new set of chopsticks which is annoying yeah. That's why you keep your fly chopsticks in your pocket at all oh, times. Oh, but then your date's gonna be like, what the fuck? <laughs> you just had chopsticks in like a chopstick holster? That's <laughs> gonna be, you're, they're gonna be unraveling that through the whole dinner. <laughs> like, how many flies? Red flag. Person contend with that they have to have a cowboy holster for chopsticks. <laughs> but you're also gonna be like, whoa, they're fast. So you're yeah. weighing those two like shit. They, they're around a lot of flies, but they're very fast. Yeah. And it's a unique, uh, you know, a unique skill set. Some chicks are into that, you know, so something to consider. Okay. Um, where were we at? We were 
Uh, I'm telling you, you're on my vision board. We can get into vision boards, actually, maybe at some point. Um, like I said, long, complicated history. I, I did my first vision board in about 10 years this year. And um, I put podcasting with you on there. I have four individuals, uh, yourself, Pete Holmes, Lex Friedman, who you talked with recently. Uh, he's on the list, too. And uh, Joe Rogan, of course. See, what you could have done instead of saying Joe Rogan is if you you could have been like Adolf Hitler. And then I'd be like, <laughs> fuck, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the you had three, you yeah. got me, then follow with some monster Jeffrey Dahmer. I don't know. I'm mean, like Mussolini. And it's like, oh my yeah. god, what Putin. was I thinking? Uh-huh. The yeah. Nazi. But that's, that's cool. how you find one down, three to go. <laughs> yes, sir. So um uh, I, I yelled out to you. Uh, you were you said, "Hey, man, let's let's make it happen." And uh, it was a little thirty minute conversation or so. So I walk away from there. We go to uh, Sam's Burgers a few blocks away, get some burgers, and I'm high as a kite. I'm, I just talked to Duncan Trussell. I'm maybe maybe it's really gonna happen. We're sitting there. Is it gonna happen? Who knows? My buddy's going. Uh, you know, send him an email and tell him to come have a burger with us. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sure, he's pretty busy. You know, right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we. Finish up that night. Um, I I drive across the bay to Oakland. Uh, this is where I live here in Oakland. I don't know how well you know Oakland, um, but at two in the morning, Oakland can be kind of a dangerous place. Um, I park my my car uh, at a little facility where it's tucked away so that you know it's not exposed to the elements. Yeah. We, we I don't know if you've heard of Bay Area snow, but it's uh, broken glass. You walk outside, you're going to see broken glass all over the place because. Wow. Now I'm <laughs> understanding why it's so expensive to live out there. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was always a mystery to me, but now I get it because Jesus Christ, just free broken glass everywhere. Like, <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. You're oh. telling me that you can just walk around and just find broken glass anywhere you want. I could walk out today and, and have more than your heart desires. Oh my God. Yeah. It might even come from your own car. Um, a lot of people are really dismal right now and a little cynical uh, when it comes to uh, where America is as a country. But when you tell me there are still cities where there's free broken glass, it fills me with such joy to know that's the truth. That's what the mainstream media doesn't want you to know. Exactly. Free broken glass in Oakland. Yes. Yeah. Like, Unlimited oh, supply. Yeah. So I park my car and I have a four block walk to my house. Okay. I've, wa- I've walked this over a year straight. Um, and I used to brag, which I eat my words now, that I haven't had so much as a dirty look from anybody. I, you know, people say, oh, it's so dangerous and this and that. And I uh, haven't had any negative encounters up to Nothing. this point. Nothing. But this is also my first time walking the streets at two in the morning. Um, there's a lot of bars on the street and there's normally people out, security guards, stuff like that. Everything's closed. And I'm walking home and I'm texting with my buddy and he's saying, you know, Hey dude, you, you know, you get home safe. I said, yeah, I'm parked. I'm, I'm almost home. Uh, thanks for tonight, man. It was so cool. You know, uh, Fuck. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to podcast with Duncan Trussell, man. I'm like, maybe we'll see, you know, I'm very excited. And, uh, 30 seconds after I send my last text to him, I am half a block from my house. Uh, I see three guys um, 
come coming around the corner. I yeah. see three guys come around and they look at me and I go, shit, I, I got a bad feeling in my stomach. Uh, there's nowhere to go. I can't turn okay. around. I'm just going to tell you, I don't want you to be mad at me. You know, I have a vision board, right? <laughs> I think I know where you're going with this. I carry vision boards around to my shows. <laughs> so I get back to the hotel room after I, 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 I felt your vibe. I know you're a cool guy. So I get back to the hotel room. I look at the vision board because I put something on it after I met you. And uh, what I wanted to put on the vision board was I hope three guys hug him. Oh, you were so close. You were so close. Yeah. You got to be very specific with vision boards, man, because the universe takes it and twists it. It's, it's, it's like, well, yeah, but I use like cut out letters for magazines. Okay. See, and like, I guess I got the H and the M mixed up and I have my assistant, uh, you know, anytime I go on the road, my assistant has to cut out like 50. Every letter. letter uh -huh. Alphabet 50. Cause I put a lot of shit on my vision board, but yeah, I'm so sorry, man. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't paying attention mm. and I should have. I think I know I what you're about to say happened. <laughs> I appreciate the effort. I appreciate the effort. It's very thoughtful. Um, so they walk across the street. Um, the one guy comes right up to me and reaches into his coat, pulls out a, a gun, a Glock, and points it right in my face. Uh, it's the first time I looked down the barrel of a gun. And he says, empty your pockets, give me your shit. And... I didn't have much on me. I had my wallet, my keys uh, to my place, my keys to my car, and my phone. And uh, I, I sort of freeze. I go, everything's cool. I'm going to give it to you. I reach into my pockets. And as I reach into my pockets, one of the other three guys, I was focused on the guy with the gun, comes around from behind me and yeah. bear, bear hugs me. So my, oh. my yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So I, hey, I got the hug. I just realized you said, but you, you said I wanted, you wanted you know, on your vision board for me to get a hug. I got a bear hug. This is why. Cause like as quickly as I could, I was like, fuck, no, not my hug, hug. I put a hug in, but clearly this probably right as I was putting the H in, mm -hmm. this was happening would be yeah. my guess. Probably. So you just got in there just, just in time. So I got my hug. Fucking bear hugs you from behind. Yes. Um, and uh, picks me up. As mm. I mentioned. I'm terrifying. A, I'm, I'm, this is very scary. As I mentioned, I'm a small guy, so he picked me up pretty easy. And the guy with the gun reaches in my pocket, grabs all my stuff. Both all my pockets. And keys? Takes my keys, takes what my wallet. Ass. I mean, like, he's obviously an asshole. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, it gets worse. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. If they would have put me down after that, it would have been a decent night, you know? I would have. No, wouldn't have. <laughs> Nobody's like, I ah, put me down. Would have been a bad mugging. Yeah. But he put me down. He didn't, yeah. he didn't keep carrying me around through. Oakland, like a lot of those muggers are doing these days. <laughs> Just kicking and screaming. So, so he puts you down. He does not put me down yet. I'm still up in the air. And uh, he takes everything out of my pockets. And the guy sees that I have a car key, a Honda car key. 
and he says, where's your car? He takes the gun and handle of the gun hits me. Boom. The glasses go flying off. Unnecessary. (laughs) Of course, the whole thing is kind of unnecessary, but yeah. (laughs) Um, Hits me and my glasses go falling off. I get the buzz. You know, I'm seeing stars. I hear the, yeah, uh, you know, ears ringing. And I, you know, sort of recenter myself. I'm still being held. And he says, where's your car? And I said, it's, it's a ways away from here. It's four blocks away. And he hits me again on the other side. Boom. So I'm kind of felt, kind of felt like getting crucified because I couldn't even put my hands up to cover my face, you know, because he's holding my hands down and I'm just eating the, the handle of a gun right left um i should have pistol whipped i'm getting pistol whipped yes <laughs> first time fuck yeah yeah first time first time yeah never so. forget your first <laughs> oakland pistol whipping <laughs> no shit hoping it's the only one um i've taken more precautions since then so i uh i eat the the handle of the gun twice and i pretty pretty dazed at this point uh, out of it and he's saying where's the fuck where the fuck is your is your car and i'm trying to sort of calm myself and and explain to him uh, it's it's four blocks away from here and it's locked away and i said you're not going to be able to get it and that pissed him off <laughs> so he hit me again who would have thought this guy has anger issues you know sometimes you never know about people who are pistol whipping you some, so, you know, like you, you just don't expect it, but suddenly they get angry. You're like, oh, fuck, I should have known. Yeah, should have seen the signs. Probably, well, he's probably having a bad day. I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was. So um, uh, he, after the second or third hit, I think it was the second hit, he pointed the barrel again right in my face. And that was the moment, and time slows down, and, you know, in the retelling of things, you never quite are able to capture the whole feeling. But when I was looking at the barrel of the gun that time, I could see his, his frustration. Um, and I could see sort of in my mind, I go, he might shoot you, like just out of just anger, just right. out of. Right. Nobody's around. Yes. He wants to impress his friends. He's <laughs> fucking pissed. People are like that, you know. He's got That's shitty it. friends. They're like, ah, you, you don't have the guts to do it. Like in his head, he's like, all mm-hmm. these like demons are just telling him, like, this is this is what you do. How, yeah, yeah. How dare this guy lock his car away? It's fucking yeah, him. making it inconvenient on him. So the second time I was looking down the barrel of the gun, uh, again, I, I had, for the first time in my life, I was truly facing my mortality. Yes. I, it's something that I, I think about every day. Um, so the name of this podcast, I, sh- I should have told you at the beginning, it's LSB, which stands for laughing stoic Buddha. Okay. And, cool. Yeah. So stoicism is big in my life, uh, particularly recently. And Buddhism has always been big. Um, uh, I, I have... that's what you should have said to him. <laughs> Do you think so? He was holding me. Listen, Hey, you should have invited him on your podcast. <laughs> I'm inside. I've never interviewed somebody who pistol whipped me before. I would love to know how you ended up here. Yeah. Because I know how I got here, but how the fuck do you 
become so karmically fucked up. <laughs> you are pistol whipping strangers for their cars in the land of glass. <laughs> Crazy. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna just throw this out here. I don't know his name, but if you are listening to this podcast, uh, send me an email. Maybe we can get together and and have a conversation. Why don't you give me your address? <laughs> uh, he probably knows it. <laughs> Not anymore. I've moved since, but <laughs> got all the locks changed. Um, it's funny. I have actually had a few conversations with him. Um, I'll get into that. I uh, about a less than a week later did a high dose mushroom trip and had a very good conversation with the dude that uh, what did he say <laughs> um he didn't he's say so much bad. he's like fucking asshole <laughs> why'd you park your fucking car so far away i needed to go to seven he can't even get it through the uh through the mushroom dimension um we'll get into that the 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 mushroom trip when I was talking to him, and this is going to sound, I, I know, I'm, I'm sorry, and most people don't believe me. You don't have to believe me. I reached a point of uh, uh, forgiveness and acceptance with him. Um, I know it kind of sounds like bullshit, but I, I really, yeah, I really did. And I seen, I seen how sad it was uh, to, to end up at that point, like he said, to have to carry that kind of karma, the, the lack of love and support and compassion he probably had in his life that led him to that point of let me ask you this let's imagine i had the ability to like commune with that person's consciousness and i told you actually he's really a happy dude (laughs) he's doing great he you know he, he went to stanford he uh it's kind of like an art experiment thing. He's you know, just one of the things he likes to do. Pistol whip people. He didn't even want your car. That's just part of the thing. Would you still forgive him? Like if you hadn't imagined yeah. a troubled person. But if like you knew, no, actually he's fine. He's having a great day right now. He doesn't even like you're one of many successful pistol whippings, you know, like he's added to the list, added to the list. Would you still be able to forgive him? Man, I, I would He'd be a much more interesting person. I'd really have to have him on the podcast if that was the case, because I mean, that's a whole new level. That's a unique, you know, um, way to live this life. I mean, I'm, I think if I'm ha- like, you know, if you had to like roll the dice, I'm guessing this isn't the happiest person on earth. Yeah. You know, like if this is part of like your, the way you function in the world, like any of that makes sense to you. Like you haven't even come close to thinking like, you know, maybe I, maybe I should only hit him once instead of three times. You know what I mean? You haven't even even toned down. We don't know. We don't know. Maybe he's working on it. Maybe like other people in the past, it's like, six to the face and then oh yeah he's getting better psychologist like try three work your way down the line (laughs) see the psychologist don't need to use the pistol at all but the yeah so but but it is it's it's interesting right to imagine that there are people out there we want to to put on them the mask of suffering Mm. we want to put on them like some some explanation that can like allow wherever our compassion levels are at to like work on them but but no 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 no, no. 
just for fun. They're just happy as can be. Maybe happier than us. Just with fully actualized beings that are simultaneously monsters. I mean, I don't want to imagine that these people exist, but I watch a lot of Dateline, watch a lot of forensic files. Some of these people, they don't give a shit. You ever yeah. like, and that's where it gets interesting to me, just because it's like, how much did what's the price of your compassion? You know what I mean? If I like if I'm going to be compassionate, I need that person to be like, oh, my God, he was a foster care from foster care, sexually abused. Then he was like horrible life, just concussed. He has brain injuries and his friends suck. He's addicted to heroin. Somewhere in there, it's like, all right. I mean, I don't enjoy being pistol whipped, but I forgive you. You know what I mean? But, but that's, you know, somewhere down the line, it's like at some point, you're like, fuck you, motherfucker. I don't, yeah. I, I don't have forgiveness for you, but I'm glad that you did because, you know, obviously, like, what are you going to, what are you going to count on Monte Cristo, this guy? You're going to yeah. find out who he is, hunt him down, get a private detective, marry his daughter. The long game. <laughs> yeah. Long game. Yeah. Well, it's finally. An old man on oxygen. <laughs> That's the long game. You know what I mean? Your his grandkids playing in the other room. You go and you unplug that fucking oxygen and just whisper in his ear, "Where's your car? Where's your car?" He's like, "I don't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you?" No, yeah, yeah. Well, so yes, what's the option but to forgive? That'd be truly. It's like otherwise he's still pistol whipping you every fucking day. No shit. Exactly. You know, it's speaking of stoicism, it makes me think of Marcus Aurelius. He says, uh, the greatest uh revenge is to not be like them. And it does sound a little self-righteous or, you know, whatever, but uh it to me it's it's from a personal subjective place. Is uh are you gonna continue to meet hatred with hatred are you going to continue to meet violence with violence you know gandhi uh, how can it work yeah it, it can't but, like we're, we're talking about uh a terrible situation which is that if we subscribe to the idea which i think is your idea that anybody who's engaging in aggressive behavior it's rooted in some suffering some kind of fear some kind of ignorance which means that to meet aggression with aggression it, it only like makes them suffer more it gives them reason to be more afraid exactly meaning that it would fuel it's like pouring gas in the gas tank of their aggression vehicle but it's just, it doesn't, it's, it, 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 I don't think, I think Marcus Aurelius is, I mean, it, I, I get it. It's like, oh, you've, you've got to transfer, you've got to alchemize that situation, right? I mean, I have a feeling you're not going to have a lot of trouble not becoming a mugger. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think you, I, I don't, I think most people who are mugged when they're like the next week aren't thinking to themselves, you know, maybe. Maybe that's a pretty cool job. That worked. Like, that worked oh, out all right for him. <laughs> oh, boss! 
Yeah. Um, Get to be your own boss. Yes. I have to pay taxes. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the um, the trick is to to to, like, to I mean to really like. I guess if we're gonna look at what Marcus Aurelius said, it's like okay, fine, no shit, dumbass. I know you're not gonna become a fucking mucker. Stop reading my incredible writing. It's not meant for idiots like you. Yeah. I think Marcus Reyes would be like, no, but there's some kind of mugger living inside you. I mean, exactly. not all muggings have pistol whippings involved. Some no. muggings are like you're mugging somebody for um, some kind of um, compliment. Yeah, you know, their, their, their time, their attention. They're, you're or or you're or, or or you're mugging yourself maybe you know you're trying to like use aggression to get you better or something you know so mm-hmm. yeah it's like from the study and like um you know by what do they say in small things all things by as above so below by like a, yes. looking down the barrel of a gun and being in the focal point of all of that violence you now understand why there's war you now understand all you have a deeper understanding of all the many terrible uh outcomes of people succumbing to their aggression and so from that you could you could work you could use that to work on yourself to refine absolutely and 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 right away i mean that same night and for sure since i've said it they gave me a great gift by by going through this experience um you know i wouldn't have chose it ahead of time i wouldn't choose it for anybody else that i you know anyone in the world anyone that i care about or love but they gave me a great gift and that moment of looking down the barrel of the gun um i as i was saying i i meditate i'm a little bit of a weirdo um i meditate on my mortality basically every day uh it's funny i have a podcast a few back where i was talking to richard lang um have you ever heard of the headless way no Okay, we're going to have to get into that because I think you'll love it. I've wanted to talk to you about the headless way. It's top of my list for a very long time. So I was, I was talking to Richard Lang and I started bringing him up how I meditate on, mortal- on my mortality. And he's kind of like, uh, that's sort of strange. You're a little young to be doing that. And I, the reason I do it isn't from a morbid place. That's sort of the cliche most people go to. But I run everything through the filter of when I, when I am on my deathbed, when I am looking down the barrel of the gun, I don't know when that's going to come. But when it does come, I want to live the kind of life where I feel okay in that moment, where I feel at peace, just as a, as a North Star, as a guiding principle to live my life by, you know, and this is in Buddhism, they talk about, you know, all, all meditation, all work is practiced for death. You know, life is, is, is about learning how to die a good death. And people go, you know, that's so strange. Why are you going to live your whole life preparing for this one moment of death? But it's a good compass. It's a good North star. When you run things through that filter of when the time comes, are you going to be at peace? Oh, you know, also though, I, th- I think like Richard Lang should not have asked you why, if, if you're, you're young for that. I mean, I think that is a Richard Lang needs to like, look at just, basic statistics out there it's like everyone's got this deathbed fantasy that they're gonna make it to their uh lifespan yeah. like, come mm-hmm. on i mean that's like that's the funniest thing ever you know because like how the number of years you have 
you keep them in an imaginary bank account and yeah. you 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 imagine when you're young that you're like just loaded you just yeah, yeah. More so than you, you act like a fucking like a rich asshole if you think that you like with your time yes with time and, and this, i think in buddhism the invitation to carry death on your shoulder or to continually remind yourself of your own impending uh demise even though it could come across as incredibly negative is actually moral is trying to get you to recognize how precious it is to be alive right now not yes. to like be all morbid and put on fucking black turtleneck and watch the crow or something like that but it's more along the lines of like you know no one it's an old cliche you know like when when you hear it again and again like people when they're when they actually find out how many years they have in their temporal bank account they transform a lot of some of them don't but a lot of times there's a transformation that happens they make amends they Mm -hmm. get real they stop with the bullshit um but what sucks about that is it's like generally that's a result of some disease and they, they they're sick their bodies are failing, their minds are failing. You know, that's the other thing. The deathbed fantasy, it's like if you've ever been around dying people, this I, you know, you watch it in the movies, they look great. Yeah, they, they still got all their faculties, they're thinking great, they're speaking clearly. <laughs> I I watch people dying in movies and then go like to use the bathroom and look in the mirror. I'm like, fuck, they look better than I do. You know, they're like. <laughs> They got rosy cheeks. They look like they just did yoga or some shit. And then they have this like wonder. They just close their eyes like shut them. Nobody dies like that. Generally, you're bewildered, confused, sick, scared, cycling through time. You you think you're a kid. You think you're with your mom. You think all these things are happening. So you're in the Bardos. You're in the bar. You're getting ready for sure to get to get into the bardo but yeah you are your your faculties are shutting down you're going through the process and so um yeah i think maybe richard lang misunderstood you and uh, you know or, or thought it was something more morbid than it was or something when the reality is is like no uh, every single day remind yourself that you are impermanent yeah. that is certain that you don't know when it will come that you don't know that you'll even get another day and then you base your actions uh, on on that as much as you can. I mean, as much as you can, you know. Yeah. And that, I, for, for that, 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 that's really quite for me. It's a more of an invitation to to life. And yes, exactly. Well, I always say that it's it's life affirming. It's the opposite of morbid to meditate on the fact that this is impermanent. We don't know when the end's going to come. Like you said, you don't know that you're going to get another day. You don't know that you're going to get another moment. Like well, you don't light- know that you're you don't know that you weren't shot. Yeah, that's true. This actually would make a lot more sense because if I was, and then I'm in some sort of like astral in between plane, then I would end up podcasting with Duncan Trussell. You know? Ah, well, wait, what, what? Where am I? Oh no! No, you just exist in my astral projection. No, you're memory. in my astral projection, <laughs> motherfucker. Where's your car? Uh, <laughs> I'm still going through it right now. Yeah, the, 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 that, you know, that's another wonderful contemplation is sort of the dreaminess of 
waking life itself and sort of the it it all wraps into the same uh essential truth which is we're in process you know that's that comes up in buddhism a lot that that it's like Mm -hmm. we are because of our sense faculties we see time in a certain way we we you know we everything seems quite stable to some degree Mm -hmm. you know you don't see the erosion happening on your house or on your body or so that's what that's how you get old is like suddenly you're in the looking in the mirror like my god look at those fucking wrinkles you didn't see the wrinkles grow yeah if you saw the wrinkles growing then you might like stop fixating on this tiny little shit because you realize oh my god i'm melting and then Mm. that uh could potentially produce a a, another way of living right and yeah, yeah so yeah the contemplation of death yeah and 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 time i I love you talking about time because that's one of the big um uh changes in my perspective on life itself is we take time as a constant as you were kind of saying like we believe that time is this measurable thing it's the same for everybody else and i think through through meditation through psychedelics through transcendent experiences you start to go oh there is a quote place outside of time and time is an ingredient within this dream, within the dreaming that we're that yeah. we're doing. Yeah, but it, it's it's just an ingredient. It's not a constant. It's a it's a somewhat it's it's an undeniable reality for Duncan, for Nick, for these meat suits, right? To that t- time is going to have its effect. But I believe that where we truly exist is outside of time, and the dreaming. That, that we're doing this life, this, this experience has that huge ingredient of time in it. And something about meditating on death. When I say meditate on death, I can meditate from the story perspective. Nick has this story of the last 33 years. Maybe he's got another 33 or 90 ahead of him. Who knows? And you can see time sort of on that channel, on the channel of life. You think but gods what- are just people when they were like about, sorry to cut you off, when they're about to reincarnate, in whatever like weird new age restaurant like can you take it easy on the time please <laughs> can you just turn the time down just I maybe mean, not just don't i don't like time in my incarnation can we like just yeah real light on the time cutting back on time if you don't mind it causes death can we reduce it causes death humans are just people who like salt their fries too much put a lot of fucking time in that incarnation please i want to be subjected to the forces of time yeah yeah go yeah. ahead so, so, so there's there no it's all good so there's time from uh since this is the laughing stoic buddha there's time from the stoic perspective of this life of this story that it's finite i've been reading seneca's um on the shortness of life and I've, I've felt that ingredient in a new way, particularly on, on psychedelics, particularly meditation, where I feel time as this force in, in this experience, in this reality. Right. Also, there is the timeless and meditating on, di- on death from the timeless place. I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with Ramana Maharshi. Sure. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's my go-to. He, he's my disembodied guru. I've heard you. I learned that term from you. You said Maharaji is your disembodied yeah. guru. And I, I took that from you. And I try to give you credit whenever I can. Ramana, when I look at his, he's disembodied, obviously. But when I look at his pictures, he communicates stuff to me. I yeah. get downloads. And 
his whole deal was the self-inquiry, right? Uh, who am I or, or who? Yes. And he came to his realization on, he, he felt this existential dread, I think at a young age, like maybe 17, 18, became convinced that he was going to die. And he went through the, you know, the seven uh, levels of, you know, of, of death and, you know, rejection and, and, you mean and the seven stages of grief. There it is. Seven stages of grief. And he ended up at acceptance. So he went they and laid down. Stage. Did you know that they just added this stage? What is there an eighth stage? Yeah. The eighth stage is just like looking at TikTok when you're shit. <laughs> I think we're all at that stage. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, we got, we got to get, bring Ramana back and have him in the TikTok generation. See how, how's your uh, self-inquiry working now with TikTok? I can't get out of the TikTok stage to get to the next one. It won't <laughs> let me leave. So, so Ramana, this is back in the 1920s. Uh, he laid down and he said, okay, I've accepted that I'm going to die. Let me find who it is that's going to die. I, I know I am, but I'm taking I as sort of as a given. Who, who is it that's going to die? And if you really do that, if you lay down in your own bed and say, okay, let's say I was going to die. I do this every day. Let's say I'm going to die in 10 seconds. Can I find that which is going to die? And I've never been able to find it. Well, that's how you end up in your own subjective ghost hunter show. You know, you're like basically like the weirdos in a house. Like, did you hear that? Show yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's never shown itself to me. Um, so th the first time that I really became clear, kind of there's nobody home, right? Th th there, there's, there is this force that's dreaming this reality, but Nick, you know, the little story is, is going to end, is going to die. But that's sort of a story. What, what's really going to die? Yeah. What, what really is here? And I tend to find this immense peace every day when I do that. There's, there's nobody home. So there's, that's, that's, the, that's the gift of real good transcendent spirit, spirituality is you're already free. You know, everything else is a story. It doesn't mean that there's not work to be done. It doesn't mean that you don't have responsibilities to do. But th there's, there's, there's nobody home. You were never born and you're never going to die from that timeless place. Well, this is the Bhagavad Gita verse. Never was there a time when I did not exist, nor you, nor any of these kings, nor any of us, nor any of us in the future shall ever cease to be. Now, that is a really wild thing to say. It's, you were never born. You're never going to die. Unborn, undying, primordial. Uh but yeah, I'm glad you said the thing, but you still got to know your social security number. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, but because in, in Buddhism, this is the, I like how this shows up as absolute reality and relative reality in the, or in, uh, I've heard the term in uh, Vajnava Bhakti Yoga and I mispronounce it. I haven't even, I'm so lazy. I won't even look up. How do you even pronounce it? It's, I can't pronounce it either. Don't worry. I just think of beta tattva, which means mm. simultaneous oneness and difference. Yeah. So you know, what seems to be going on here is th these two ways of seeing the world. One of them, as you're describing the transcendent vision, the non-attached 
uh, non-dual realization. The other one, and in, 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 in the ex in, in the most extreme version of that, uh, you have eternalism, is what it's called, and the opposite of eternalism is nihilism. So mm. we're right there in the middle, actually, between the nothingness and the everythingness. That's where we're hanging out. Heaven and earth joining. We're joining heaven and earth, right? So this is the um. For me, this is where I can get really out of balance because for me, the transcendent is quite attractive. I mean, why wouldn't it be? Yeah. When, you, when you catch a glimpse of that thing you're talking about, I mean, it's a big relief. My God, if you've been all wrapped up in your like body and, and all the terrors that go along with that and you just catch a fleeting glimpse of this other thing, a glimpse, people like Ramana Maharaj, how do you say his last name? Mahara ma 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 Mahana Maharshi. Maharshi. R R Ramana Maharshi. Sorry. Ramana, Ramana. Whatever. Yeah, you know. You call him Gale. <laughs> doesn't matter. Though I don't know if he would have been as popular if his name was Gale. Probably not. It doesn't. Probably doesn't not. Nobody. Have you, uh, no one's like. Are you familiar with Gale? Well, it, it, the, not, the, not good branding. No. No. Gail was like really scared of death, went through these stages of grief. This was before they added TikTok, came to an understanding that we're actually, there's no nothing that can really die. And um, But yeah, when you catch that glimpse, even a little glimpse of it, and I think this is why, you know, they are using psilocybin to help people who are close to death. It's like, Yes. trainer wheels for death or training wheels yeah. for death years you sort of you could catch potentially catch that glimpse maybe um and i think that's a big maybe in italics but if you do catch it then there's some relief associated with it but if i'm not careful i'll veer off all the way yeah you no know? and, and it is a so, danger yes. yeah it, it's an imbalance you know so it's like also this israel someone did pistol whip you and it hurt and it hurt and you can hurt people and you and people is limited and temporary transient little wafts of sentient meat mist as we may be <laughs> we're still hanging out with each other and you know but i think the catching it's most of us we start off with the like we don't even question that thing the tr the, the glimpse it's just like, yeah, I'm everything. I don't even know what I am. I don't have a name. I'm not even thinking language. Like people think in language and take that for granted. Exactly. Like you'll sit and listen to the English language in your thought stream. You, you know, that's, there was a that's time the baseline of reality. Yeah. You didn't even have the English language when you were a baby. You know, you, yeah. you were hearing God knows what babies think or if they do or how they do it. Point being, this is the sort of ground of a human life. And then crystallization into an identity. That's where shit, that's where you end up like, you know what? I think it's a pistol whipping night. I'm going to call Gary. He's fun to pistol whip with. And yep. then, you know, and then that's where you end up in that. And then the more you believe that that's all there is, nihilism, the yep. more potential harm you are going to cause yourself and people around you and so i guess what i'm saying is the glimpse is great because then 
come some compassion, I think yeah. is a byproduct or the product of that realization, right? Because Absolutely. Then, then you then when you if you see people super into pistol whipping, you under you realize like they would definitely not be doing that if they had read Gale. Yeah. <laughs> Get that bigger perspective. Gale. They would they wouldn't. I think it's a almost an immediate response to a glimpse of what you're talking about. Yeah. Beautiful, man. You know, I, I feel the spirit of Dialogo. Sometimes you shouldn't talk about it, but uh, uh, I feel it coming through. You're familiar with the term satsang, right? Yeah. Yeah, you just took us through a satsang, through a gathering in truth. I felt from the transcendent all the way down to here today on the streets of Oakland getting pistol whipped here today in the body. Um, that, w- that was a very nice journey you just sent us on, Doug. And oh, thank us for the favorite things that you do, man. <laughs> it's the stream of consciousness <laughs> where it just comes through. And uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't summarize it, but I felt it in my heart. It was very beautiful. Thank you. Cool. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I, it makes me think of a few things. I, I'm still, so we still are telling the story. At this point, I'm still being held, and I ate uh, a couple yeah. of a couple of pistol whips from uh, the handle of a gun. So we could get back to that. I want to do one more quick thing. I have to mention my uh, embodied guru, a guy who's still around. He's sort of my my Ram Dass uh, because I, I got to meet him in this lifetime. His name is Paul Hederman. Uh, he comes up in every podcast. If you're playing the drinking game, take your take your shot now. Um, I, Paul, I, Hederman. Paul, Paul Hederman. Hederman. Paul he, Hederman. He... Paul Hederman. <laughs> Paul you're gonna Hederman. kill him. You're gonna kill him. You're gonna kill him. Paul Hederman. Okay. Paul well, Hederman. if anyone's really, I'm sorry. Who is Paul Hederman? Uh, he's my guru. Um, I got. What's I'm his name sh- again? Paul Hederman. <laughs> Zenbitchslap.com is his uh, where you can find him. Um, he. That's interesting. He didn't get paulhederman.com. <laughs> yeah, it is right. Zenbitchslap, which he's it, he he got it about ten years ago and. The way that the culture has been shifting and everything, people have a lot of problems with bitch slap in the name, um, but he's he's sticking with it. Um, I, I could get into him. We could do an entire long podcast conversation on him. I, I think you'd love I'm him. He's on my <laughs> Paul Hederman. You're playing the game. <laughs> you're trying to give some people alcohol poisoning, aren't you? <laughs> What's really funny, actually, is uh, his whole one of his big deals is AA recovery. He hasn't had a drink in 35 years. Paul Letterman has not had a drink in 35 years. <laughs> he's not, no. That's, that's what he says. That's what he claims. Um, so he, he's, he's my guru, and he would laugh if I, if I said that to him. Yeah, I'm, I'm nobody's guru, but uh, I, I came across him about four years ago, and uh, he's really changed my life on a, on a physical meat suit level completely redirected everything in my life he's kind of i don't have a, a great uh relationship with my father my biological father and he sort of has become like a spiritual father to me um i've called him a few times in crisis uh I, I divorced a few years back and when i sort of knew that it was undeniable that i had to leave um my ex I, he was the first person i called and he walked me through it and i, I go to his sot songs uh he has them every saturday he does stuff on zoom um, anyway, uh, we could get deeply into his philosophy. He's on my list of people I want to see you talk to. I have 
Great. A good, I'll look him up. Yeah. What's um, his name again? <laughs> Paul Hederman, zenbitchslap.com. And please stop taking shots if anybody is at this point. <laughs> I write that down right now. All right. On. I'll, I can email it to you. Let me write it down just so I don't lose it. Yeah. Hold on. Sorry. Sorry, listeners. No, please. Quick. Paul. This is a dream come true, dude. You are writing down my guru, Paul Hederman's name, and you're going to look him up. I'm going to send you some stuff. Is it Paul Hederman two Ds or one D? Two Ds. Paul Hederman with two Ds. Paul yes. Or you can write down Zen Bitch Slap. That's a little easier to remember. Zen Bitch Slap, Paul Hederman. <laughs> um, so um, one thing I was going to bring up, because it re- your, your little sot song run there he he does sot songs where it's uh it's he calls it verbal jazz so he never has the same sot song twice so he sort of sits down there's no there's no oming there's no uh silence he just sits down and he just starts talking about this dilemma that we're in basically and he uh he does a lot of ramana maharshi um huang po have you ever heard of huang po yes i have Okay, yeah. Is that Taoist? Uh, I think it is like non-dual Buddhist. Like, okay, uh, I've never heard of Huang Po. Yeah, okay. So, so his, his deal, Huang Po has all these like one-liners that are just like beautiful little pieces of art that get the point across. He says, uh, you know, the, I actually don't think this is him, but it's the spirit of you are what you're looking for. Um, he says, you can't use the Buddha to find the Buddha we are the Buddha and we're looking for the Buddha. Right? wonder what Wong Po said when he lost his keys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't use the Buddha to find your keys. <laughs> yeah, you are what you're looking for. No, I'm not. I'm looking for my I'm keys. To start my car, Wong Po. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his stuff, his stuff is really good. I'll send you some of his too. Okay. He has these, all these cool double negatives that sort of point you back to you're not gonna find what you are out here. We think that we're gonna find ourselves. We think that this, the soul, this is non-dual like to the, the cleanest and clearest. We think we're gonna find what we are somewhere out there. And it's, this is the headless way too, bringing it back to Richard Lang. It's, it's here. You can't see your eyes with your eyes. You can't, you can't know what you are because you are it. You, the only thing you can do is be it. Right. And that's really fucking frustrating for a lot of people because they want to find it. They want to be special. They want to know. And you just can't know, but you can be it and you are being it all the time. You know, there's no way of getting around that. So the one, the one Paul little idea I wanted to get across because it, it, you inspired it during your rant um, is he says, nothing has ever happened. And I really love that because it, brings it's so presenting it brings me right back to this moment that we believe i got pistol whipped and on one level i did we believe we had tragedies in our lives we had people that we lost but from this moment it is an ethereal appearance in our mind that's happening here and now and he always says that things are happening he always says, at this level from the timeless place, there's no verb, there, there's no nouns, there's only verbing. He says that, he, and he, another thing he'll, he'll say is, this is dreaming. This isn't even a dream that's giving it too much credit. 
because to say that our experience is a dream makes it a noun, makes it a concrete thing. And the moment that you make it a concrete thing, it's already passed. It's already gone. It's already missed. So the, the fundamental best way to explain in the English language is that this is verbing. This is dreaming and we're dreaming and there's nowhere to hang your hat. There's no concrete place to stand because as soon as you go to stand there, it's already gone. And one of the things he'll say every now and then in in a sot song is things are happening, but nothing ever happened. And the, the relief that that helps me to feel when, when in that moment of like, nothing actually ever happened. And I'll ask myself in the same way of the death meditation, what if I were to die in 10 seconds is I'll go, has anything happened? And I can never find anything that actually happened. You know, I still feel the sore cheek, but from the pistol whip, but the sore cheek is happening now. And that's another really cool place to sort of stand. Again, it's not the ultimate, but it's, it's a cool channel to, to turn to of that, what is happening always has been happening, always will be happening. And it's always now. This moment never started and never ended. There's one moment and it's this moment. And it's, it's inseparable from who we are and what we are and our nature. Yeah, you, it's really easy to like f- sort of imagine the opposite, but you have to imagine it. Yeah. Like yeah, you, exactly. You can't really like, you can't noun, like you can't actually noun if noun means like freezing things up. Thank God. I mean, if you could, you know, a lot of people are trying to though. They're really interested in doing that. I mean, it's a, it's a, again, it's like if you get too caught up in materialism or this idea that nouns are possible, there is, a, you know, singularities, like multiple singularities, or there's a, I guess that's the wrong word for it. There's a way to sort of put things in a container, yeah. carry them around or whatever. And you think you're that container. And once the containers, the body container is gone, you're gone, but you're nothing's in the container. There is no container. Regardless, this is what leads to trying to, ex, you know, extend the human lifespan. Yeah. Put you, well, you people want to, they dream that maybe they could put their, consciousness into silicone you know they want to like put it into chips so that they you know what i mean and 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 yeah i where i think that i disagree with or may probably maybe misunderstand what your teacher's saying is that there's is a bit of optimism i think in what he's saying in the sense that within it is this idea of ultimate freedom is now yeah I just think humans are so good at fucking shit up. Yeah. And we've, we've got a long history of it. That we might find a way. <laughs> to fuck that we up too. We might find a way to actually crystallize ourselves in some medium oh, yeah. that makes it impossible or nearly. In, in other words, it's like, they, you know. Sounds like hell. It is hell. Sounds like the worst trip ever. It, that's it. It's yeah. like, you know, the, you, you take your MEO inhibitor when you're drinking DMT through ayahuasca and you get to extend the DMT experience by four hours, six hours, whatever it is. This is the identical thing these people want to do with 
the human experience. They want the trip to last longer. They're like people who like generally are realizing they're coming down. That's called getting old. And they're like, I don't want to come down, man. I want to, I want to re up. Give me another hit. Yes. But they yeah. don't want, and you do get another hit. I think But the, the first you have to come down. Mm-hmm. It's like any other great psychedelic, you know, you got to take a break, but it won't work anymore. But, you, yeah. but they are, they're like, no, I don't want to take a break. Let's take more ecstasy, which by the way, is the worst thing you can do for your brain is to like, halfway through the mdma trip take more mdma don't do that That, that's how you're really gonna wreck yourself but this is what these motherfuckers want to do with their lives and and they've got all this incredible technology trying to find a way to do that that's the goal like because it's like if you're the richest person on earth it's like it has to be terrifying to to if you're attached to all that wealth to like there's no way around the fact that once you're gone it's like it's that shit's it's gone it's ethereal it's gonna spread out into antique stores and auctions and end up in like people's houses that you'll never meet and you want to you know keep all that stuff uh around you as long as you can and you around you as long as you can so yeah i don't know i think he's i i mean i love the optimism yeah <laughs> i love the optimism and i would I, he's probably right i mean hopefully we can't hack this shit but yeah. I, I don't know man we've split the atom we're pretty it's good true. at like meddling with physics yeah with the laws yeah. of physics yes yeah the so they might don't you ever think to yourself well it's like that already happened that's what we're in for sure absolutely. a time warp like they figured it out and then it just put us in a time warp like yeah repeating our lives over and over and over again yeah yeah and but to me that doesn't solve the problem of the fact that it still is verbing we're just in a time warp or in some sort of a cycle that there still is nowhere to stand it it still is a perpetual sort of metaphysical spiritual current but there still is let's say at base reality duncan is you know hooked up to some virtual reality or, or getting, uh, you know, in Venus, but some sort of cosmic, uh, psychedelic put into black at, holes, at, black holes, right. It's Up with black holes and some dark cluster of the Milky but, way. But regardless, consciousness is still verbing. It's yeah. Still, right. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I get it. It's like, look, the whole goddamn thing at like you, you there's nouns in a book. But those nouns are meaningless until awareness comes into contact with the nouns and turns the relate. It's a relationship. The awareness yes. is a verb. There's just no way around it. You're not going to crystallize. Like no matter what, you, you you're not getting away from the that what you're talking about. The awareness situation, the consciousness, the the transcendent consciousness. I I yeah I got gotcha. you. Yeah, we won't fuck that up. We probably. <laughs> if we do, it way. does it does sound like hell. Find a way to launch a missile into it or into time itself into consciousness into consciousness i think we can break this shit yeah maybe maybe break it we i think that we can do it someone here's the thing first we have to quantify it i mean it can't just be the writings of gail it can't Uh be the writings of paul don't take a shot it can't just be it can't just be that it's got to be quantified Someone's going to quantify it. It's They're going to come up with a name for it. Mm. Some new state of matter. They're going to come up with a way to weigh it. 
They're going to come up with a way to like visualize it. And then they're going to come up with a way to sell it. That'll be the next phase. <laughs> yeah. The way to like sell consciousness or to like, yeah. you know, you, you give you more better consciousness or flavor consciousness. They're going to do it, man. They're going to do it. Now I, I might be dumb or an optimist, but I think you can't, I think we are consciousness and I'm using that word. I don't think there's any getting, there's any separating from it because you'd be using consciousness. You think we couldn't fly, baby. It's true. It's true. They're gonna do, I'm not saying this is a good thing. I'm just saying once, like the good news is that like the stuff we're talking about is the stuff a lot of the people who work at weapons manufacturing companies tune out. Like they don't want to hear about your consciousness. Mm. Yeah. So we can't make any money off it. Yeah. We can't, yeah. we can't use, use it for power to control people. Yes. Eventually they'll figure out a way just to suck all the consciousness up, put it in a little like steel ball, bury it in a desert somewhere. Just get rid of that shit. Then we'll just be these like, just non-aware dying <laughs> meaty things. Just fully are fully are like whatever our identities are. We're trying to project into time. We'll no be we'll be solid way. nouns. We'll be unmovable nouns with no relationship to anything else. Noun player characters. <laughs> Noun player characters. Is that is that an original Duncan? Yes. <laughs> it's just in this moment. Yes. All right, I'll write it down. Noun nouns. player characters. <laughs> just nouns. And that's that if there's any way that we are able to really, like you said, fuck this up and really like it's it's uh it's the the demiurge like it's logical conclusion i think he just found it that is it yeah in my day we were verbs remember back when we were verbs man fucked it up for everybody we used to be fucking verbs that were nouns god damn it Hey, enjoy it while you can, guys. You're still a verb. You're still verbing, I should say. See, They're going to take it. your verbs away. <laughs> gonna... If the Republicans get in control, there'll be no more verbing. <laughs> okay, this is really the good. The I... court has overturned consciousness. Damn it. They got us. Fuck you. Damn it. <laughs> Okay, so um, I, I told you I had a lot to talk with you about, and I haven't even finished my story. We're almost at an hour. So, all right, okay, let's hear the conclusion of the story. We'll Literally left everyone hanging. You're like you're in the arms. I'm hoping this gets romantic. Uh, I it would be nice to say. I mean, so the good news is I'm here. So obviously, I mean, it seems on this level of reality, I'm here. So uh, if you're listening to it on this level of reality, you you know that I do survive this. Um, so I ate the, uh, the handle of a gun a few times and, uh, oh, you froze right at the climax. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. And I was looking down the barrel of a gun, um, being held, being bear hugged. And in that moment, I remember thinking, this is what you practice for. Um, I wrote a, a article about this. That's another thing I could get into. I, I started writing really uh, heavily uh, January this year, and I've put out about forty articles. I'm kind of obsessed. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's been it's been very rewarding. I could get behind the the story of that. Um, it's called the Laughing Stoic Buddha. 
uh, newsletter. You guys can check it out on Substack. And I wrote an article called Mortality's Pop Quiz, which um, this was a pop quiz. I didn't know that the test was coming on this date after seeing Duncan in the, in the city and coming home at two in the morning. But it was a pop quiz. And I remember looking at the barrel and going, this is it. This is what you study for. This is why you practice. And it could be it. It could be over. Wow. And I remember feeling sad and how much of a shame it was, what was in the front of my mind, that my daughters were going to grow up without a dad. Um, I have two daughters, uh, eight and five. They're mm. gonna, next month going to be turning nine and, and six. And they're the most important thing in, in my world, in my, my meat suit story. Yeah. The world is, is my daughters. They're my everything. They're the drive of so much of what I do, almost everything that I do, basically. Um, and I remember thinking, man, they're going to grow up without a dad. And how, how much of a shame it was for this, for nothing, for some keys yeah. and, a, and a wallet. Um, my daughter's going to grow, grow up without a dad and feeling really, really sad about that. And very sort of flashed through my mind all the other things I had I, I had expected, like you said, that I had more time in the bank. Yeah. Right. And I and I thought I it was not in the front of my mind, but it was in there. I want a podcast with Duncan Trussell. I want you a podcast. I swear to God. I just seen you that night. It was in the front of my mind, obviously, right? Um I I, I want a podcast with Pete Holmes. I want to talk. I have this list. I have a never-ending list. There's like 50 people on there that I, I want to talk to because I love this art form and I want to connect with people and I want to participate in in this in the dialogos of our culture and 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 where all this is going and uh, you I thought of your daughters first i of course and, and they were a huge piece of how's that of, supposed to make me feel <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> you, you just turn off the that's it i'm out of here i'm not even as important as your daughters storm off um, yeah. And it's interesting, actually, speaking about writing, the reason I started writing, um, it's something that had called to me for a really long time. I remember when my ex was pregnant with my first daughter. So she's about to be nine. So this was nine years ago, right around the time I first found you. And I remember watching, um, Sons of Anarchy. Have you ever seen that show? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a motorcycle gang show. And the the main character in that show, his dad died when he was young. Um, yeah, and he left. Yeah, and he left him writings. And the show opens with him reading the writings of his father. I remember that calling to me of like something deep in my soul of like, you're gonna have to write something for your daughters. Kind of like there's no getting around this, you know. And it sort of came in, and I sort of yeah yeah I'll get to it. And I, I pushed it off for years. And I'm not a very good writer. I, I grew up in a cult. Um, we don't have time to get into all that. Oh. What's up? Which cult? Uh, SRF, Spiritual Rights Foundation. In, like <laughs> in Berkeley, California. It was a charismatic leader that was molesting and, and uh, yeah, terrible shit. That sucks. Yeah, it really sucks. Um, and uh, I, so I was homeschooled. So, and I, I think I was diagnosed with um, dyslexia. It took me a very long time to learn how to read and write. So I'm not, I'm not the best writer. And I still, even on my newsletters, people tell me like, 
hey, maybe you should get a get an editor or something or a spell checker. Grammarly. What what's that? Grammarly. I mean, you're like the third person to tell me that I need to get Grammarly. Amazing. Yeah. yeah okay. I'm oh, getting it today. Right for you. I'm I'm getting it today. Use um, offer code Paul Hederman. Twenty percent <laughs> added to your. Uh... <laughs> well, per noun. For now, yeah, no nouns. If, with the use the Paul Hederman code, you could only use verbs. <laughs> Very good. Um, so, so this is something that's been calling to me, and I, um, I took a good amount of years off of psychedelics. And a few years back, about four years ago, I started doing mushrooms again. Uh, mushrooms have always been my best teacher, and when I would do it, it would tell me. Um, you need to start writing. There's no fucking getting around this. And this, this is something that I'm not the kind of person that I get an idea and I start doing it right away. I tend to like something comes in. I say, yeah, yeah, I'll get to it. And then if it's still sticking around years and years later, I'm like, okay, no, it, it stuck. Listen, <laughs> nobody's a good writer, but yeah. there's a lot of good revisers out there. There's a lot of good people that you can evolve what you write. No one's a good writer. Beautiful. What, man. Was, it, what was it? Hemingway said the first draft of everything is shit. Everything is shit. Yep. Exactly. It's like everyone writes, but you know, it's it's a natural thing because it's like you when you're reading a book, you you're not thinking that you're like reading something that's gone through not just like multiple revisions, but multiple editors, mo like so yeah. many different people have like by the time it gets to your eyes, it's gone through so many like different evolutionary processes. Yeah, so yeah. Like, you can't be a good. I don't think I. I'm convinced that no one is a good writer. I, I agree. A, and a bad writer is actually a bad reviser. It's just somebody who didn't want to go through the hell of number one, realizing you're a shitty writer, which is just the truth, and because you have to be. And number two, like realizing you got to fix that. You got to fix that now. Yeah, yeah. You know it's. And, like, turning your vomit into like into in, into a painting you know yeah. it's like you have mm -hmm. to it's, it's a it's so yeah i don't i don't i've never heard of i know a lot of people who will like write some shit down and then like post it and like no ever maybe I, most people are like that sucks yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't suck because they're a bad writer it just sucks because it's like you needed to work with it That's a little it. bit more you yeah. know yeah, and writing's particularly uh, difficult for people because we compare our first drafts to, like you said, other people's third, fourth, you know, other eyes have been on it. It's been revised and all that. So we, we open up a book and we read and we go, well, that's how my first draft should sound. And, and we're just setting ourselves up for like a terrible experience. If yeah. only, like if only, yeah. God, can you imagine? I mean, that's an infuriating thing about Jack Kerouac's On the Road story is it's like, he wrote the whole thing in like two nights on speed or something. Yeah, there's a few geniuses out there. Yeah. 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 I mean, maybe that's possible, but you know, you can win Powerball too. Probably easier to win Powerball <laughs> than to be a Jack Kerouac. Yeah. Get out on the road and two yeah. wonderful manic speed days. Yeah. It's as I've been doing it more, I've been very dedicated for the last almost year. I realized the that I get even less out of the more I write. So when I first started, if I wrote a thousand words, I'd get like 800 words out of it. I'd trim a few. Not bad. Not bad. Well, actually bad because I was putting bad products out there. Now when I write a thousand words, I get like 300 words out of it. Yeah. By my final, like, yeah. 
that's and that's fucking ratio isn't it yeah and that's just that's, that's, that's the the growing of you know of, they ask of you for that word count when you get like a job it's like understand multiply that by a lot of words exactly to get good to get good words out listen wrap up the story man i want to hear i'm so sorry i'm like sending us off on these fucking tangents bear hug bear hug you've barreled had, the gun you're, you you you're experiencing your life flashing yes. before your eyes realizing all these things that you might not be able to do yeah and i one of the things that gave me peace was uh the reason that i write is everything's for my daughters i post it for the world to see and to read and to interact with and I've had a lot of good feedback that it's helped people. People have told me it's changed their lives. It's beautiful. It's unimaginable, you know, when I started this process. But it's all for them. And in that moment, I was looking in the barrel of the gun. I thought, your daughters can find your writing. And they're going to have a piece of you, you know, like, yeah. like you're saying. Yeah. And like you're saying, you know, we, we want to hold on to material and this and that. And it's all going to end up in antique stores and such. That's what I wanted to pass along in this incarnation, if anything, was the best wisdom and the best guidance that I can get. Bruce Lee's big in my life, too, and his daughter um, found his writings in both published and, and private and kind of lived her life based on that, Sharon Lee. Um, and that actually all the work I put in to write is something that gave me peace in that uh, pain of the fact that I wasn't going to be there with them. And uh, and. I remember feeling at peace, like the lights could go out. I could hear kind of the shot of the gun and, and lights could go out for Nick and it's okay. So um, I heard one of the guys say, oh shit, the cops. And I seen the lights of a cop car. And the guy that was holding me threw me against a chain leak fence. Unnecessary. unnecessary. Well, here's the most unnecessary. This really gets me on that level of unnecessariness. One of my shoes fell off. And even though, even though they were running from the cops, the guy picked up my shoe and threw it over the fence so I couldn't get it. So I had one shoe. It's like some old Oakland mugger trick. That sounds like some shit they pass around in mugger bars. Don't forget to throw the shoe over the fence. It's not a real mugging if you didn't throw the shoe. The glass, the broken glass everywhere. It'll cut their feet if they try to chase you. Do the shoe throw. Did you so, throw the shoe? He did. Oh, good, good work. Good work, Lenny. So, how many I, shoes were behind that fence? Did you look? Did you see if that was like there was five. Like, I wasn't looking. I, just the one that I know was. was you know what? You know, not to get like too detailed about it, but I don't know how powerful a Glock is. But I think one source of comfort that might have popped into my head is if that guy shoots me in the head, he's shooting his friend in the chest, right? Like, of course. Well, and I didn't think that through. Uh, I, I it, when I think back on it, I imagine them dropping me and him doing execution style with me on my hands or knees or whatever. Obviously, yes, it would have gone through him and his friend. You're right. Yeah, his friend. It's like put him down. Yeah. So um, I'm on my hands and knees. I saw blood dripping down onto the sidewalk. Um, I, I luckily, thank God, these glasses here fell off, untouched, unscratched, unbroken. There you go. Looked around. I found my little gift from the universe. Found my glasses. Put them on, and I was messed up. This is pretty cool, actually. This is in the article I wrote. 
I reached down into my pockets to see if I, because I wanted to find my keys to try to get into my house. Keys weren't there, but they left one thing in my pocket. Now, this is too poetic to, to believe. I carry around this coin here. If you can see it, it says yeah, momentum. No momentum. Way. Swear to God. So this is from wow. <laughs> this is from Ryan Holiday, uh, who is another big mentor in my life. I, I'm part of a program. I talk with him regularly. I've read all of his books many times. He's he's a writer on stoicism. Um, and uh, I, as I bought this from him from his website, and it says on the back here, "You could leave life right now." So momentum mori is Latin for remember that you will die. Cool. And I reached in my pocket. I found this and I actually laughed yeah. <laughs> in the middle of all that <laughs> blood dripping down my nose um, in the streets of Oakland with no keys, no car, no, like I'm still in the elements. It's I'm not well, it saved your life, man. Like if you like, if, let's think about it. If you had not maintained calm, if you had not done your practice and you'd freak the fuck out as many would have. Yeah, it might have been what pushed that guy over the edge. It's very true. It's a good story to tell. And you might have passed a big test. That yeah. might be something. If we are looping, that might be the 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 fork in the road for you there. Which is like if you, in infinite other iterations of that event, you freak out. You try to fight. You try to fight yeah. back. You try to yeah. like whatever. And he uses lethal force, and then yeah. you start over, and again and again and again. But this time. You did it. I now love that interpretation. Maybe you're on the next level of the simulator. You know, maybe it's like there were two possibilities at that point. You could have gone back, started over again, mm -hmm. or you're here now. I, I love that interpretation. I'm going to take verbing. <laughs> it's a whole new verbing. I, I remember thinking, um, uh, I didn't beg for my life. It kind of surprised me. That I didn't say, please, I have daughters, please don't kill me. It didn't come to my mind. I remained calm enough through it. Um, so the rest is just sort of details. I seen the cop car. I had one shoe. I sprinted after it. I flagged them down. Um, they, you know, I gave a police report. Uh, I tried calling a few people. I only had a few numbers memorized. Nobody picked up. And he ended up driving me to a friend's house. And uh, I walked with my, with my one shoe into uh into my friend's house i knocked on his door afraid that he would think that i was you know or still in, in oakland and i said it's nick it's nick please open up open up my friend let me in um my very good friend willie ramos i went in cleaned up the blood i uh i borrowed his phone and i started calling it was my work phone so i called and got my my boss and got my work phone canceled car called canceled all my cards and went to sleep that night and then started the rebuilding process and it's all my fucking fault because I did a comedy show in San Francisco. I wasn't going to say it, but the end. <laughs> the next day I wrote you an email. Uh, well, I'm sorry you got mugged. Thank you, man. Obviously, and I'm not making light of that. I'm glad that you found a way to work with it. And Alchemize you, it. Yeah, because that's, um, you know. I hope I don't seem like I've been uh, making light of no, it's beautiful, bro. It's very beautiful. You actually gave me a great gift running it through the, the frame of it being um, a game of computer game in which I passed that level. Cause you did. 
It is, you know, and, and I, you know, I've found that there is an, in the sense of humor of the universe, the cosmic giggle, that it does have kind of like a, a dad, it does dad jokes. I agree. That's cheesy. The coin <laughs> in the pocket, like you put that in the, you put that Too in the script. Yeah. It's not going to get past the writer's room. Like, they're like, nah, no. Oh, that's man. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Look at the coin. That's too. Ch- and he laughs. Come on. We really going to do that? It's kind of hacky. Like, <laughs> yeah. Part of whatever's verbing this thing that we're in, it has mm. that kind of sense of humor. And, and any, any synchronicities that I've noticed that are epic, they always have within them that flavor of like silliness. Yeah. It isn't what you would call sophisticated. It's just like silly. <laughs> And cheesy like, silly yeah you know yeah. and that's yeah. how i you know anytime something like that happens i always make a mental note because it's like i do think okay that was like a sign that's a token that's a you know that's a sign that you have you have achieved you might never know what but that you have achieved yeah. something or pushed through something or evolved in some way that a little you get a little like it's like when the slot machine dings yeah keep putting those fucking quarters in yeah but i don't mean to end on a slot machine reference with an incredible <laughs> story but i guess i did and speaking of kids i gotta go be with mom it's, yeah it's been a joy chatting with you you gave Thank me a lot you, to think about it's very right on, we'll do part two and then um we can talk more about paul hederman we can and talk I, about paul i want to i have so many questions for you man i i want to i've listened to you for many years i want to hear your backstory on um, uh, Ramdas. I never heard how you met him, and so I would love to do a part two where we we get into your I'll story. Tell you that story. It's a fun story. I can't okay. wait. I'll have Nicole right set it up for in a few months. Very uh, nice to meet you. Hari Krishna. Haribo. God bless you. Bless you. I'm glad you're happy and healthy, and have found a safer place to live. Thank you for making my dreams come true, Duncan. Uh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you so much for watching or listening all the way to the end. If you enjoyed this conversation, please hit the like button. If you want to hear more conversations like this in the future, hit the subscribe button and you will be notified when my next podcast comes out. But what I would really like for you to do is to check out my Substack, uh, where I write two articles a week, one on Monday and one on Friday. You can subscribe to that newsletter. Uh, every Monday, we send out a Stoic-leaning article and every Friday, a Buddhist-leaning article to continue this Laughing Stoic Buddha project. Thank you guys again so much for your time and for your attention, and I will see you on the next one.